Welcome back to Your Money on Purpose podcast. I am your host, Donette Palmore, and today my guest and I will be talking about how to use your business to build wealth. Let me start by introducing you to Anwin Mba. She is a certified business wealth strategist, gender, racial, wealth gap advocate, and founder of Wealthy Fluids. She helps successful businesswomen looking to scale their business from income generating to wealth building with ease. Having 10 years experience with major banks across Europe to implement systems that make them a lot of money, she's uniquely placed to help women understand their finances and develop systems that help them build wealth, achieve financial security, and the freedom they are looking for. Welcome to Your Money on Purpose, a podcast for professional and entrepreneurial women looking to gain clarity and control of their business and personal finances. I'm your host, Donette Palmore, and on this podcast, I'm going to be talking to mompreneurs, financial coaches, business owners, CPAs, and everyone in between as we discover ways to give your money more purpose. Welcome, Anwin. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you taking your time and coming on to share your story and wisdom with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Donette. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So we always begin the podcast by diving into your money story. And uh, you have a great money story. Um, so if you would share that with us, how you, uh, what you did to overcome it and how you use it to empower other women. Sure. My money story is appalling, absolutely appalling to say the least. And it should be an encouragement because, again, you do not have to start knowing money, knowing math and knowing all those things to really, really get a hold of your finances and build wealth. So I started with um, my car being towed away, ah. getting an eviction, getting an eviction notice and losing a high client. That is how my money story started. And I must tell you this because that is where everything changed for me. Mm. I came from a very sheltered household um, from boarding school, from boarding school, went, was sent boarding school in Italy, then got sent back to the UK to do university. So everything was kind of taken care of for me. And then when I start, started to deal directly with money, I was literally an infant. Yeah. I was an infant <laughs> when it came to that. So I, I was offered all the credit cards. So when you're 18, you're of age. So everybody gives you a credit card. Then I spent all the credit card. I bought a car. I was the snazziest dressed person at university. <laughs> and then it all come crashing down. So I went from, you know, Beyonce's, all the women were independent, you know. <laughs> yeah. That was my anthem. So I went from there to getting my car towed away because I wasn't keeping up with payments, getting an eviction notice because I was literally just managing with rent and then losing a high paying client. And all of this was an accumulation of bad money decisions. It wasn't just a one hit wonder. You know, when they say a minute in the mouth and 20 years on the hips, Right. that is, that is your money story. It's literally, it's a split second decision that has a ripple effect for years to come. So all of this was an accumulation of bad decision-making one after the other. And when all of this happened and I hit rock bottom where I literally had to ask my younger sister, so I'm the eldest of four, 
And if you have any firstborn this year, you, you're meant to be the leader. You're meant to lead by example and all those responsibilities for younger ones. <laughs> so for you to turn around and then ask for like a tenner so that you're able to top up your electricity, it's like, oh, really, this is where I've ended up. <laughs> I should be the one, you know, lending them money and not the other way around. And I was like, I can't, I, can't, I cannot deal with the stress and you know, like the, you know, the reverse sound that big trucks make when they're reversing. Oh yeah. And I have PTSD because that is oh, the, the sound <laughs> of the tow truck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it's all of those things that I was like, I cannot be in this space again. I cannot have that anxiety anymore. I cannot be going to my younger sisters to ask for money. And then I'm running my own business on top of it. It's like, how does it add up? Because I struggle to ask for help because they're like, but you have this great job and you have this great business. What do you mean by? It's like, no. So there's a lot of cover-up, like literally it became a massive cover-up until it all crumbled and I could not lie no more. And I could not wear the mask of, oh, everything is okay any longer. And I started my financial education, I would say, because I never really had any. I started my financial education and it started with Denny Duffels Thompson. It started with Jen Sincero. It started with... Um, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So, you know, the Lucky Bee series, <laughs> the Badass <laughs> series, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad, those, that was when I got almost initiated into the whole concept of money mindset and what it was all about and how much of what I'd inherited from my parents and also society around me was impacting my day-to-day -day, that even having a business that on the front of it was successful I was not I was not doing anything properly at all. I was not doing anything to be sustainable, to be long-term, or to even be able to buffer me if there's any change in any of my circumstances. So that was my money story. And I must say, I still spend. And that is one thing that I'm very, very um, appreciative of, that I've learned to leverage my strength rather than trying to look at it as a weakness, weakness. because everybody mm. else tells you, oh, overspending, it's wrong. It's the wrong thing. You know, you have to change and you have to become a saver and an investor. I'm like, mm, no, if you're a spender, then let's leverage that. And I, as a spender, I'm still a compulsive spender. And I've been able to work with me being instinctively the way I am. I'm an emotional spender. So there's certain aspects that either sad or happy, I'll go and just splurge out. Now I am able to have that as a fund because when, when you're an emotional spender, it's not something that happens every single month. You might have it yeah. once or twice every six months. But then if you're putting money away every month for that once or twice that it happens, then you can spend guilt-free, mm -hmm. which is, again, another emotion that we have to be very careful about because we go and we spend on things that we should be spending on, but then we have all the guilt after that. So it almost negates the good things we're doing because then the emotion we attach to it is a negative emotion. So that's why I have this fund now so that I don't attach you know, guilt um, to that because I used to literally have these splurges, then hide it in the, in the boot of the car and then sneak oh. it one by one into the house and my husband would have noticed all this new stuff just appearing. <laughs> I've had that forever. <laughs> It's accommodating for that now because then I don't have to sneak around because I was like, no, it's all covered. I knew that this was going to happen sometime in the future and I have money put away for that. So when you're spending, you're like totally carefree, totally in the energy, totally high vibration because, you know, I'm not stealing from Peter to pay Paul. 
or Paul is not going to come knocking because now I've you know spent I don't know how much on, a, on pairs of shoes. So it's all that energy and all of that is still again part of my learning journey. I learned to embrace my money story rather than trying to reject it or try to change it because fundamentally that is who you are. And it's a matter of how do I leverage it and how do I mitigate the things that are that would deplete my wealth, so to say, right? Like right. how many pairs of shoes can you have? Not many. So let's just well, you know, depends on it. how much space you have. <laughs> <laughs> we should have like a shoe museum because you don't get to wear them all to be fair you just have it there True. i have it isn't it yeah lovely? yeah <laughs> totally get that i love what you said so you said it was an accumulation of choices and that's true with any aspect of our life it's an accumulation of the choices that we made we we are where we are because of the choices that we made um, someone said, you are the sum total of the choices that you've made up into this point, which means if you want to be different, then you need to make different choices. Um, and I love how you embraced who you are. Like I like to compulsively spend every six months, so I'm just going to write it in as a line item and save for it because that's what I like to do. And I think that's important to not cut things out, um, that mm -hmm. we like to do because you like to do it. It makes you feel good. Um, but then you're hiding, you're sneaking, and that's not good. <laughs> we want to make sure it's all out in the open. And and then you're not going to get in trouble, right? With your husband, you don't have to explain. You're like, I bu I budgeted for this. <laughs> like I've saved for this. So, And he's like, okay, yeah, she's saved for that. I don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. I love that. So how did you use this to then empower other women? So when it comes to other women, especially business women, your money story shows up in your business. It mm. always does. And it doesn't show up in exactly the same way as it does in your personal life. So in my personal life, it could be, oh, I go buy pairs of shoes, overspending. In my business, it showed up as Aksumo. Oh mm, my gosh. <laughs> You don't know how many times I've heard that. <laughs> it shows up as Aksuma and all those lifetime bills and this wonderful, you know, tech stack that you really don't end up using. But then you could see how the same um, money story shows up. So what I do with business owners or business women specifically, and again, I'm speaking more for the business side, not necessarily the personal side, is... We have to understand our money story. We have to know who you are. So who am I? Am I a blonde hair? Am I a brunette? Am I a red hair? Let's just embrace it, okay? And then from there <laughs> is and there is understanding, okay, how do I leverage this? Okay, you know, if you're a brunette, these colors are better with you, this lighting is better. But gosh, you know, if you're redhead, you should not wear red. And I'm just using you as an example. Do not quote me, I'm no image consultant here. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a redhead, you shouldn't wear red, but you like red. So you want to use that saying, okay, this is something that I do like, but it's not necessarily good for me. So how do I still incorporate it without it damaging my image? And I'm using mm -hmm. this because it's slightly simpler to understand than if I use it in the financials, um, in financial terms. So when it comes to your money story, when you understand your money story, then you can see how it manifests in your business. And the different ways in manifesting your business is a lot in your pricing. 
your money story shows up in your pricing big time. It shows up in your value proposition in regards to what is your value proposition? What's your unique selling point? And a lot of times we undersell ourselves. That stems from your money story. Then what I was saying as well, when it comes to overspending in regards to you buy things, extrapolating for a future goal. So that's why Absumo gets us so well, because like, oh, if I get it now, then when, you know, I have 10 employees and 300 investments, then this app is going to come really handy. It's like, yeah, but right now it's just you, love. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we get to 10 employees and 100 investors, then we'll deal with the tech stack then. You do not need it now for some time in the future, because first of all, we do not know if it's going to be in three months time or in three years time. And second of all, you're paying for this item that is not literally, it's not giving you an ROI. So it's looking at it from those different aspects in regards to how is my money story showing up. And you're able to then be more objective in regards to, okay, my pricing, is this real market value? Is it also the value that I'm providing to the customer? Is it covering my costs? And you can be more objective about it rather than, you know, basing it on your worth which I am totally against because I believe no amount of money can equate to your worth. Mm. So when people are like, charge your worth, I'm like, yeah, not even Jeff Bezos can pay it then. No, no, <laughs> my course if I'm, you know, charging it on my worth. But it's something that we do. And I see it also in corporate where a lot of people um, attach their worth to their work. Mm. So they're starting to separate your business is not your worth. How much you charge is not your worth. You know, the way your kids respond to you is not your worth. You know your worth. Your worth is within you. Okay. All these other external things cannot sum up or even come close to what you're worth. So it's always trying yeah. to, and sometimes it's not easy, especially when people start criticizing, you know, like, I don't think your course was very good. We're talking about the course. We're not talking about you. Right. And starting to separate those two. So when you start separating those, then you're able to really see where it is that you're coming from and also be more objective and be able to ask yourself those questions that you would ask your girlfriend. Because sometimes it's easier to give advice than take advice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can be that girlfriend to yourself in regards to, okay, if somebody really came to me with this, how would I approach it? Mm. And then now you can answer it because you've kind of taken a step away from the business, from, you know, the personal feelings and emotions to it and give yourself a, an answer, whether it's what works for you or what doesn't. And it's never about right or wrong. It's about what works for you and what doesn't. And that is all that should matter. That, I mean, that sums it all up. <laughs> um, but I love the way that you said that, like, it's what works for us or what doesn't. So we're not putting like any definite answer on it, right? Like it's not like it's a good or a bad thing. We're not putting any kind of label on it, um, which helps us to make the decision, right? Absolutely. Easier. Yeah. I mean, everything, I think everything is yin and yang. There is no good. There is no bad. It, they have to coexist. So when we talk about, you know, abundance mindset and everybody like, oh, you shouldn't have a scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset is not good. I'm like, no, because if there's no scarcity, then there's no abundance. The both of them have to coexist mm. for one to be abundance and the, one, the other one to be scarcity. And we have to embrace both. 
because when there is a lot of things, so if you think of it from a farmer's perspective, when there is a big harvest, then they have to think from a scarcity mindset that I should put some away. So let me put some away now that it's literally all over the place. You know, it's mango season or strawberry season. Let me put these <laughs> away. And you, you would see that with a lot of homesteads as well. When, there's, when they're in season, that's when they start doing their canning. That's when they start, you know, pickling things because it's in abundance. We're thinking of scarcity. Okay, let's put them away. Instead, when it's a period where, you know, there are no strawberries around, we start thinking in our abundance mindset because we have all this canned food and all these preserves that we've done and all these pickles when it was abundant season. So you can see that the both of them go together, that when there's abundance, you have to be scarce. You have to, you know, put them away. And when there's scarcity, you have to be abundant because you have put it away. So it's all around us. So the fact that one is good and one is bad, it's the wrong energy to bring to it. It's okay at this point in time, what serves me? If you're in scarcity and thinking in scarcity mode, then yeah, we yeah, that is where we start. The <laughs> There's going to be some problems there, but that's a great analogy. Like just to say, okay, I have all this abundance, but I need to think about when I'm not going to, so that I can prepare, so that when I get there, I have abundance. <laughs> I love that. It's 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 a really fancy way to say save and plan. <laughs> and it's great. And it probably would relate more with people putting it that way. Right. Because they're like, yeah, I know I got to save. Yeah. I know I got to plan, but they don't do it. Mm-mm. So, um, one of your specialties is, uh, helping people to build wealth with their business. Yeah. And it might sound weird, like, okay, how do we build wealth with our business? But when we think about it, where's the money coming from? coming from our business right if we're running it properly yes so how can we do this what are some ways we can build wealth from our business the very first thing with building wealth in your business is the structures and the financial controls you have in your business okay most business owners it's a matter of i could send an invoice i could receive payments i could pay my tax bills and i could pay my other bills and that is it that's an income generating business. The money comes in, you pay everybody else, you pay everything and that's it. Now, when we're thinking about a wealth building business now, we're thinking, okay, first of all, I need to make sure I pay myself. So if you've not read The Profit First by Mike Michalowicz, do read it. It's totally going to change your business. And that is what I help my clients do. Profit first. Make sure that you're always taking out a profit. Make sure that you're always paying yourself. Make sure that you're always putting away for tax and make sure that you're putting away for your operational expense as well. And this is what operational expense is, what you need for your business to run. After you've taken out those four, everything else, you can use it to buy your AppSumos and this, this and that. But the four fundamentals are there. And what you would see is that as you're building up, not all the money in your tax bucket is all going to go to taxes because, again, you're using a buffer system. So you take out 30% but maybe taxes might be 27%. So there's still 3% there. So you Hopefully. build up. <laughs> yeah. But usually you're good, trust me. You, when you put in the system, you're usually good because you usually put away more than necessary Yeah. for your taxes. And your tax bills are a bit more, are usually more specific because they're based on your profits and so on and so forth. So you usually have more leg room, so to say. Um, and what you would notice is that when you, 
do this, you have a bigger cash reserve. Okay. And when you have a bigger cash reserve, you're more attentive to your cash flow as well, because now you know that I have to take out my profit. I have to pay myself my operational cost and my taxes. So now you're very, very alert in regards to what your inflows of money is and what your outflow of money is. So for you to have a wealth building business, your cash flow has to be on point. You have to, and I'm not saying that you have to guarantee that $100 is coming in every two seconds. No, it's being aware that, okay, this is the money coming in and this is the money going out. So based on this fact, this is what I project will happen in the next six months. Oh my days, monkeypox is coming. Okay, all right. So business might slow down. So that means that rather than $100 every second, it's going to be $100 every five seconds. So that means my income is going to go down. So, mm, okay, maybe I might get covered for another eight months. In eight months' time, I need to start thinking now, do I have to change? Do I have to you know, bring a new product to the market? Do I have to put one of my employees part-time? What does that look like? And you have an eight-month leadway to that issue happening. What tends to happen is you're right up in front of it. You're like, oh my God, it's happening today. What am I going to do? <laughs> That's usually the income generating businesses that find themselves in that position because they've not had enough buffer. So you want to have your cash flow projected. You want to start building that cash reserve that you know, okay, I have this cash reserve. And with the cash reserve, you're more innovative. Because it gives you, when you have money and you don't have to worry about money, you're more creative because now that space in your brain is free. Remember, to yes. be to to bring in to bring in abundance, you have to clear up space. If you're worried about oh mortgage, oh employees, or this payment, 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 there is no space for creativity. So when all of that is taken care of, now you have that space for creativity to think up new partnerships to think up new products to think up i don't know what <laughs> think up new things the next uh income generating thing right exactly exactly and now then we can start going into now more passive incomes so we have okay we have our regular income in regards to what our big money generators are and we're managing that money properly to know that okay this is the amount of money we have this is going out here and this is what is left over. How do I start investing that in passive income streams that they are running on their own simultaneously after the initial setup? So I just go in there just to make sure, okay, it's working okay and leave it alone. And that is where you start diversifying the incomes generated by your business so that you're able to build that wealth that is not dependent, first of all, on you or on one specific skill set. It's, it's leveraging other elements of you and of others mm. that are already out there. So that is how you go about building a wealth-generating business that doesn't suck out the life out of you either because right. we, don't, we don't want that. <laughs> that almost becomes pointless for the, whole, for the whole trip. So that's what you right. have to do, those four areas. Make sure you put, implement profit first because it's going to make it much easier for you to be able to manage your money and have that management system in place. You want to look at your cash flow and have it projected so that you know what is going to happen. And if anything changes, you know, you can literally work out what the impact might be in your business and take proactive and preventative action rather than reactive and, you know, fireman, yeah. fireman. Yeah. yeah. Trying to put out the fires the when your hand is on fire. So 
yeah. no, these are great. And I, I think, um, you probably see it too. A lot of small businesses, entrepreneurs are not doing this stuff. They're just living the day to day. Um, and stopping to say, what does my business cost to run? Right. If I make no sales, what do I have to have in the bank that month? And that really, I think changes your perspective and then also, okay, well, this is my minimum. Your minimum includes paying yourself. <laughs> I know a lot of people leave that out, but that includes paying yourself. Um, then you could say, okay, now what do I need to do to generate that income so that I can do this, this, and that I can buy the hundreds app sumos I want to buy. I can hire, I can, uh, stop and think about what's the next thing I could do. I could put on autopilot. That's going to bring me in money. And you said, when we have all those things in place, it, it frees up our minds so that we can bring in those creative ideas, which is so true because it clutters our mind when we're thinking about our financials constantly. And it's so stressful. And then we get sick and it's like just this, it's a hamster wheel we get on and we just keep writing and writing and we don't know how to get off. <laughs> um, but these are great steps and uh, profit first is a great book. I implement that with my clients as well. Um, so that's the first place to get started is profit first, right? That's a great book. And um, getting your cash flow, knowing what is coming in and what's going out and, and knowing what you need to do next and generating wealth so that you can generate income so you can generate wealth so that one day you won't have to do any of it anymore. <laughs> it's just going to take care of itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we all kind of start with trading our time for money. That is just the way it is. It's just part of life. And we are moving. And I'm talking we here because I am assuming that all of us are on the same journey to kind of do less of trading our time for money where yeah. it's just money trading between themselves and our time. You know, we can pick and choose what it is that we want to do with our time. And that's how you move away from it. And if you're not intentional about, you know, my business is here to build my wealth, you always be trading time for money and exclusively time for money. I'm not saying there won't be a time where you won't trade your time for money. No, there, there possibly will still be a time, but now it's you choosing to or to not. And being in that position of, you know, being all bougie and having those options that, yes, I yeah. am going to, you know, consult with, you know, IBM today. <laughs> it's great compared to I need to, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need the money to come in and so on and so forth. It's just a different level, different energy space and also different quality of clients as well when you're in that space. So, yeah, for me, it's a win-win. I'm like, why not? I know some people might think building a wealth business might be more work, more stress, more money. Instead, it's not. It's just optimizing what it is that you're currently doing so that it's leading you to Malaga rather than leading you to, I don't know, the farm or something. I don't know. Yeah. Someplace. No, this, that's great. A absolutely. And I, uh, one word you said was being intentional. And that's something we have to do is be intentional. Okay. Um, and when we're, we're intentional and we're intentional every day and we're doing it over and over those choices we made one day, we can make the choice to not work. We can make the choice of who we take on as a client. We can make other choices. And I think this is really about having, um, 
choices, but there's options. There you go. <laughs> Got it out. Um, having options in our life. And, and that's what we're most small business owners that I know, and you probably know, and entrepreneurs, that's why we're going into business so that we can create those options for ourselves. So we yeah. can create this lifestyle that we want to have, whatever that looks like. Um, what a great conversation. Wow. Um, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. If anybody wants to find out more about you, more about what you do, how can they find you? Oh, you can find me on most social media platforms, but I'm most active on LinkedIn. So Anwimba, you would find me there. I think I'm the only Anwimba out there. <laughs> you <find laughs> me on LinkedIn. Um, you'll find me on Instagram as well. Uh, you might find me on Facebook. I'm not very active there anyways. So those are the main places that you can find me or just on my website, uh, wealthfluency.com. You can totally send me a message there as well. Awesome. And we'll put all that in the show notes so that they can easily find you. Uh, thank you again for being here. I appreciate this conversation so much. And thank you guys all for being here. Wouldn't have a show without you. I am your host, Donette Palmore, and I am on a mission to empower you to give your money more purpose so you can live your purpose. Thank you.